Stories within stories. Meanings that point upwards. The cross behind the camera. We're Josh and Brandon, and this is Crossover Collab, Director's Cut. the vietnam part <laughs> you already ruined it um and in case i don't see you, good afternoon good evening good night i, I just i'm right. sorry i couldn't resist all righty then before we begin today's podcast on the truman show mm-hmm. uh from 1998 mm. i'm gonna set a counter running um to everyone playing at home um, if you can uh, count the number of times I say, in today's world, we live in a society where, or this is typical for today, or especially today, because, you know, that sort of thing. Mm. Um, and if it's more than 100 by the end, you win. <laughs> Although we do, we do want you um, to appreciate the the level of criticism that we are providing you. we also Especially want... in today's world, where people <laughs> just say anything without thinking critically at all. And um, the times where we also say, um, you know, the modern church or... Um, oh, nowadays, yeah. Um, and without sometimes... being specific, because we don't actually know. <laughs> yeah, oh, completely. And if we do say, oh, yeah, it tends to be, oh, yeah, yeah. So uh, <laughs> every once in a while we uh we go a little crunk, you know. Wrong lever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's interesting. Um, it's really interesting how we say the word interesting, and what's even more interesting is that all of our listeners have one hundred percent fallen off um, the bandwagon, and we've got no one counting right now. Um, but that's not as interesting as the Truman Show, is it, Brandon? Boom. Created. Right. So, <laughs> um, The Truman Show. What a masterpiece. I love it. You love it. You just watched it beforehand. I did just watch it. I'm uh, slightly less fresh because um, I'm going to be completely candid. We had a go at recording this podcast. We did. Um, we, we had some great laughs and the real podcast was the friends we made along the way. Uh, but we decided that now that we've got our thoughts organised, apparently, uh, we'll, we'd have another go. Yeah, um, completely. It was. It went way, way, way too deep. So we're going to explore some of these themes um, in a later episode. But right now, we're just going to kind of lightly skim um, for now and look at what we're really gathered from our many times. Well, my many times watching Truman Show. I've like watched it five times now. Um, I've only watched it three times. <laughs> only, hey, uh, that's yeah. decent. Most people it's just once. So, <laughs> um, I guess my main question to you, Josh, um, without us going like super deep into it all, is what are some of the kind of interesting themes that you've you've gathered from this? 
Uh, I mean, one of one of the big ones is this uh, kind of irony of mm-hmm. uh, the fact that the director Christoph uh, is is trying to tell an authentic an authentic. <laughs> Uh, that wasn't that was a an mix authentic of authentic word. and autistic. I'm so sorry. Um, I don't know why that happened. Um, Father, forgive me. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, no, so to to rope in this conversation before we lose even more viewers. Um, so yeah, Christoph is trying to tell an authentic story through Truman. Um, he's uh, dissatisfied and disenfranchised by Hollywood filmmaking and what it's turned into so he builds a giant studio right next to the Hollywood sign and convinces this guy Truman played by Jim Carrey that his whole life is true when it's actually a fabricated story Uh, his life is written as episodes Um, so I suppose the main irony of the show, of the film uh, there we go, calling it a show again. Um, the irony of the film is that it tries to show what authentic acting would be, which would be something that's indistinguishable from reality, but it ends up becoming even more synthetic than a lot of films because, you know, it's it's pretending that it's true when in fact we know that it is not. Um, and so that's why I think as an audience um, and also the audience that is depicted in the film as well, um, which in a way, I suppose, gives us a clue as to how the filmmakers want us to react to Truman's yeah. uh, resistance against the show. Uh, we see that they feel actually a lot more joy when he breaks free than they ever did when he was a part of the show, mm-hmm. because they too want that feeling of being able to, I suppose, break out of the monotony of life. Um, to be able to go on an adventure, to be able to truly say that they did something that mattered or that with enough determination they could, you know, break break free, I suppose, from uh, their reality. Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, I love the point on, on how it's ironic that although he's trying to create an authentic kind of um, space, what's rather entertaining is he still manages to plug all of his advertisements in the in the most <laughs> inorganic way ever. Like the two salesmen, like just, hey, Truman, <laughs> push him against like a signboard. And like yeah. the, the hottest new product. And then like his wife's like, hey, would you like some new hot cocoa? And that's when they're in the middle of an argument as well. Right. And um, she just turns and he's like, who are you talking to? Yeah. Who else is here? Yeah, uh, and that's where I think it, it really because of course up until that point he'd really already questioned his reality mm-hmm. um, but in a sort of oh aren't these some strange coincidences but of course he's not dumb he, he figures out what, what's going on completely yeah I think as well uh, uh, in terms of if we're gonna get into some religious themes <laughs> One of the uh, one of the really interesting things to me is that the plot begins with a star falling out of the sky. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, for my uh, religious brain, that just reminds me of the whole uh, Lucifer idea. Ah, um, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. The uh, son of the morning star who uh, falls from heaven. All right. Okay. Um, which I suppose is this idea. If we're gonna 
extrapolate that even further. Um, mm. When you look at the director and his crew, they are, in a sense, they've they have become a form of God for Truman. Mm. And when Christoph speaks to Truman at the end, when he realizes that there's no way now that Truman can be convinced that any of this was real, now that he's completely disillusioned, he speaks to him out of the sky. Um, very much like God. And you, you see like the sun peeking through the clouds and stuff and the way it's framed and the big booming voice. Mm-hmm. We are supposed to see Christoph as this very proud... Um, well, he refers to himself as the creator, yeah. dot, 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 of a TV show. It's like mm-hmm. for a minute, it just hangs there where it's like he's the creator. And that Wouldn't kind of... Kind of, yeah. Yeah, he's he sees himself as a god and that he's the master of Truman's destiny. But of course, it's a flawed god and um very much in the same sort of prideful vein that we see uh mm. Lucifer slash the devil. Um I've yeah. just I've just awakened a, a really contentious debate over whether they're the same person or not, but let's not get into that. <laughs> let's definitely not get into it. <laughs> um yeah, I feel that's a deep a deep theme. Well, we read a article slash review of the film was it was it by mormons it was by mormons yes um so we we read an article on that and we read a few reviews before we actually started recording um which we found particularly interesting and some of the themes that these people had had identified we somewhat agreed with in terms of their religious correspondence but i feel like some of the conclusions that they made were a bit of a stretch so i feel kind of extended on your point josh that with the character of christoph there there definitely is this kind of god complex um but i feel like it's more portraying and i believe we read this that it's more a portrayal of the philosopher god um yeah yeah and it's kind of i think it's more looking at the idea of um free will and what do you call it determinism yeah um, yeah I definitely think, it's you huge. know so and it's like but i think the, the the only issue with trying to portray him as either just god or lucifer is that actually ignores the human nature of christoph i feel that's like oh yeah yeah totally um which i know that's not necessarily what you you were going for but i feel like in terms of this religious correspondence, it's not like clear as day. Yep, he's God because God isn't trying to trap us in a fabricated perfect reality. He exactly. Actually wants us to be a part of a world where, yes, there there is still evil around us and we suffer and wrestle. But it's surprising how that can lead to freedom and how that is actually a part mm. of freedom. Um, yeah, yeah. I suppose. And then we've got the other side of like, this is Lucifer, and I'm like, well, let's maybe talk about that just for like a minute, perhaps, because like I like your point in, in that it's linking to the to the morning star and the idea of him um, falling, but it's just, I think it's challenging. This is something we'll probably go, um, we can mention in, in, in deep dive, but deep dive, deep dive, um, sponsored but, by deep dive. <laughs> But I think with um, a character like uh, Lucifer or the Satan, however you want to call it, um, 
I don't feel like the intentions will be as good as Christoph still. Like, oh, wrong, yeah, yeah. Christoph is still like an awful human being. But even he's like, there's some parallels. I'm mainly thinking out loud here, so apologies. But, yeah, um, I mean, this parallelism of like, look, I want yeah. you in this perfect world. You can't be hurt. And it's like, well, you really want the the money and the sponsors and the idea of you creating something completely innovative and mm. getting the prestige for it. Um, yeah, before I ramble on anymore, like, please give me your thoughts. Yeah, I mean, to that end, I would say it's uh, quite similar to the portrayal we get of um, the uh, Blade Runner guy, the mm. um, creator of the... Ah! Why does the name uh, the replicants? So the is it the Tyrell Corporation, Mister Mister Lord Sir King Tyrell, oh. Tyrone Tyrell from Tyrell Industries, <laughs> um, and I, th- I think this is um, it's quite an easy uh, pitfall to slip into when we're looking at these kind of god allegories in film in general. Um, which we'll no doubt address in other films we talk about down the road, but um, I think it's important, as Brandon's done here, to maintain the distinction between the biblical representation of God and how movies represent like these kind of man-made gods sort of thing. Yeah. Um, I suppose... Discerning the idea, I think, between the philosophical idea of God as opposed to God, the actual person, the, yeah. the father, the the one that we obviously encounter and learn about throughout um, the biblical narrative and throughout the actions of Jesus as well. Um, mm. I feel it, like yeah. there's a discernment kind of thing. I mean, Christoph as well, if we're going to refer to him as a, a God with a lowercase g, um, he, is a, he is a God that is initially presented as omniscient uh, and omnipotent and to some extent omnibenevolent uh, he mm-hmm. sees everything Truman does he's been there right from day one watching over Truman and guiding things so that they go the way that he wants for Truman mm-hmm. um, he believes that he knows everything about Truman and that he knows what's best for Truman um, he believes he's omnipotent because he is able to control the scenarios in Truman's life uh, yeah. through these actors and he does it all out of this uh, seemingly noble goal of wanting to create art that is truly authentic, to create something inspiring for people, something that brings people hope. But ultimately, we see that he's actually none of those traits. He's yeah. not omniscient because Truman manages to find a way to escape the cameras. Yeah, He's not omnipotent because he can't control Truman's actions, ultimately. Yeah. Um. To an extent, he acknowledges that because he says if Truman truly wanted to escape, he'd be able to. Um, And we see that, that actually Truman has that determination. It's just that Christoph wasn't convinced that Truman was capable of that, that he was actually that determined to do it. Um, And of course, we see that Christoph is not omnibenevolent either. Uh, He Mm -hmm. doesn't actually care about Truman as an individual. If he did, he would have you know, done the thing that made Truman the happiest and actually let him go to Fiji for crying out loud. Um, So again, it's um, this very kind of reductionist view of a construction of God. Um, And when we actually compare that element, even when we look at something like how 
Kristoff um, is is a lowercase god who operates out of fear and this idea that if he keeps his believer Truman uh, afraid long enough, that he'll keep him safe, and that fear and safety is more valuable than love effectively yeah. um yeah, exactly. and and that's of course something that the bible completely rips to shreds completely because at the end of the day god interacts and and wants to work in unity with us through love um hence the there's a lot there's a lot of scholarly debate between the idea of the the fear of god and some people take that on as we should be really scared of him and you've got people on the opposite spectrum that like it just means a respect like the kind of fear you would have for your parents mm. um neither of those definitions mean referring to him as big daddy in the sky <laughs> just for anyone listening who is <laughs> under the impression that you could just say something like that um in we case... get it we get it you like god you like him as a friend but it's not good enough <laughs> it has to stop in this case, is an intervention. <laughs> in case you um, forgot that you were supposed to be counting all of the things that we regularly say, that's definitely one of them. Because in think... today's world, <laughs> too many people call him Daddy God, and too I'm many. sick of it. It is, yeah. It's a little sorry. Especially it's in the cringe. modern church. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. It's all coming together now. Okay. Um... <laughs> okay. <laughs> But yeah, I think there's a, a middle ground in terms of the fear of God in that it's like a hundred percent it is to do with the fear of um like the kind of respect that you'd have from your parents. You you've almost got that bit of fear. I would say it it wanders ever so slightly to the other side in that it's understanding the gravity of what sin can do. And therefore, what God can do as as well, and how God justifies sin, but not in the clear sense of like, okay, this is a deep topic. Let's keep this light. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's just like realizing that God does justify um, and responds to sin, but not in the clear sense way of. You sin, you die. Like it's not that's. I feel like that's what a lot of um, people outside the modern church um, probably have a perception of. And to be honest, probably in parts of the church. Um, but I think, and I the main reason I say that is because the Book of Job clearly demonstrates that although Job is an innocent man, evil uh, like suffering can still happen, and and sin can still happen. Anyway, I'm diving too deep. Let's suck it right back. Um, <laughs> But I guess my main point was I feel like this, the idea of um, Christoph scaring Truman to stay in his world with, you know, the half um, sunken boat on the dock, um, the dogs, yeah. the, um, the funny, ironic lightning bolt through the aeroplane poster in the travel um, agent's office. Like, all that stuff is, I feel that points towards a more extreme look at, like, say, the wrath of God to be like, I will strike utter fear into my people. And it's like, mm, no, it's yeah, it's a yeah. complex issue where it's like we shouldn't 
go the other way and take it so lightly, but it, there's the love of God is abundantly more forward and more clear than the wrath of God. Like very yeah. clearly. Well, I mean, in terms of why uh, Christoph makes Truman afraid, it is like I, part of keep it is is yeah, it's, it's it's like masked as this idea that he wants to keep Truman safe. He wants to give Truman a normal life, mm-hmm. but this is also Christoph's livelihood, and it's his magnum opus. So he actually wants to keep that going. So it's actually there's an there's an insecurity as well. Um, so a lot of people who talk about the wrath of God and fearing God, and when we look at verses that talk about God being jealous, um, there's this idea that um, a lot of people can tend to see God as like needy or insecure um, or petty, and it's important that we like acknowledge the context for his actions and, oh, and the way much. that he is. Yeah. But um, in terms as well of uh, the idea of this world that's being constructed for Truman, um, I think that's another thing that is important to look at in terms mm. of what's been left out and what's been included. Yeah. Um, the Wikipedia article for the Truman Show uh, describes the picket fences of Sea Haven as being reminiscent of the American Dream. Uh, which seems to indicate a little bit of uh, Christoph's intentions, I suppose, in creating this idyllic world yeah, where anything is possible, but actually, to use the metaphor, uh, very little is possible. Yeah. You end up trapped in this environment that seems to be a utopia, but is actually a prison. Yeah, I guess like Brave New World, kind of. Mm. That's a similar kind of idea. Um yeah, that line always sticks out to me so much. The, well, it's simple. We accept the reality with which we're given. Yeah. That's like one of the standout lines. And to a degree, yes. I, I think I want to touch on this theme of like actively challenging our reality and, and learning truth. Um, random fact, I just learned this the other day that a lot of, and it seems pretty obvious actually looking at it, but like a lot of universities that started up were founded by Christians and and who wanted to explore and learn about knowledge and wanted to explore kind of more scientific um, areas of study, which is interesting because we always think that science opposes Christianity, which is... (laughs) utter rubbish utter rubbish sorry but like and so um that's that was really interesting and i'm just using that to like kind of um clarify my point here in that there's completely opposing reality and then there is genuine active challenging of it and, and wrestling and discovering and i feel like there's this um and we can really discuss this here. Um, there's this stereotype that Christians are kind of, I guess like Truman, uh, uh, a servant and prisoner to faith and to to God to be like, okay, well, this is simply what it is. And it's like there is an element of that we have to have faith to look beyond what is um, incomprehensible. We do have to have that. But there is still 
a level of exploration, a level of trying to discern things. Hence, we are constantly having conversations with theology and trying to discern exactly what this is saying and what's that saying and part of the Bible. Yeah. Let's gather the context of here. We're constantly learning and developing. And mm. I guess it's this idea of wrestling. And so I see that quite apparently through Truman slowly discovering the truth of his world, the truth of his reality. Um, yeah, yeah. And it's very successive. And it's like, I I think that's quite the um, embodiment of like this freedom. It's like, it's not this, I feel freedom tends to be a little misunderstood. I talk as if I'm like, I know exactly what freedom is about. <laughs> Doctorate <not>. in freedom. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's funny. I'm even learning as I'm talking about this. Like, it's quite, it's rather ironic, to be honest. But um, I feel like freedom is like you can do and say anything. And it's like, well, with restriction, there really does come freedom. I learned that from how I trained in dance. You know, like, make sure your posture is correct and it's a bit uncomfortable, but actually it leads you to having way less injuries and be able to move a lot more free. It's like, that's weird because every single morning I don't feel free <laughs> because it <laughs> traded me to kill myself. <laughs> but it's like, I realized over time, oh, it actually is creating a much more um, free body, a free atmosphere to move um, the yeah. way that it's intended to, essentially. It's achieving its telos. Yeah, um, yeah. And I mean, and humans as well, we're drawn more to uh, the boundaries than to all the things we are permitted to do. Yeah. Uh, classic case, of course, if we look at the Garden of Eden, mm -hmm. um, God was like, you can eat any tree in the garden, and it mentions there a lot. It's like, you can yeah. eat any tree in the garden except this one. And what did Adam and Eve want to do? They wanted to go for the one that you couldn't. Um, yeah, and exactly. it's something, you know, we, we see in um, in human nature, like um, Henry Ford, you can have any colour you like as long as it's black. It's like, oh, I don't want a, a black Ford then. It's like, tough, we don't make any of this yet. Um, <laughs> but oh, there was yeah. uh, one interesting thing I read about, actually, um, this idea that psychologically, uh, in terms of parenting, this was um if a if a child is trying to break a boundary um so say you're at the beach and they want to run too far into the water and you're like no don't go too far into the water and so the kid kind of smiles and mischievously tries to break that boundary again mm -hmm. um they they want to be reprimanded is the kind of psychological grounding for that is yeah. that they want to test that if they go too far, will it snap? Will that boundary break? Mm -hmm. um, and if it doesn't, then, well, what's the point of boundaries at all? And then life becomes chaos, I suppose. That, yeah. Without turning into Jordan Peterson over the whole thing. It'll just be bloody well chaos, you know? <laughs> There's no boundaries anywhere. But in terms of, you know, of human nature, we like to know that there is a point, I guess a bit like with Truman's world, that we we like to know that there is a point that if we go past it, we smash through the wall because yeah. then it gives us the freedom, as you say, to operate within that space. So in the same way that, you know, I suppose you know how bad your posture has to be before it breaks. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, that's the thing that gives you the freedom to then know how to move around, as, as you mentioned. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, I think what you said there very much reminds me of Romans 7. And I'm not going to try and reference it off the top of my head. So I am going to get the scripture up one second. Whoa! Just... All right. Well, it it goes on, and it's it's very the point is so strong, but it uses a lot of repetition of a word, and so it sounds very confusing. But the most basic, which the one poison, the poison for Cusco. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, all right. What do you want? Do you want NIV, NLT, ESV, or the Passion? Uh, you can pick any one you want, as long as it's not the Message or the Passion or the Book of Mormon. <laughs> Or uh... King James. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> if you want, not, go nah, for it. That's it. But only if like, you read it in a King James mm, voice. That's. Oh, go on then. Let's. Uh... For what I am doing, I do not understand. For what I will to do, that I do not practice. But what I hate, that I do. To be honest, that wasn't too bad. Oh, that was New King James Version. I I lied to you. Yeah, where were all the these and the thys okay, and the mys and the... <clears throat> that was a warm-up. Forsooth. All right. That was... <laughs> also, that was uh, dramatic music in the background plays uh, in the vein of Edward Elgar. What? <laughs> scene. Yeah, thank you. For, for that which I do, I allow not... For what I would, that do I not. But what I hate, that I do. I'm 14 and this is B. <laughs> but it actually is. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, that that's actually something I keep coming back to as well. Yeah. That kind of um, like duplicity of man that Paul so eloquently describes. It's like, I, I do the things I don't want to do, and I don't want to do the things that I want to do. Yeah. It's like, well, it's why is that? Paradox kind of thing. Yeah. And actually, I'm going to read out ESV for those who don't quite understand that. For I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate, um, which is exactly what you've said. Um, yeah. And so, like, I feel that's very much that kind of child like thing it's like you're trying to push those boundaries and it's it, it's human curiosity but sometimes human curiosity goes too far it's like yeah yeah there's a good curiosity in terms of creation but then there's also the curiosity of just opposition and thinking that it's complete freedom and i guess it's kind of extending what you said before about this with the wikipedia about the american dream i find it funny how since i'm sort of in america i'll come back in uh to the uk in two weeks but after being here for a while they really value their freedom <laughs> but to a point where you know they want to be so free that they don't even want to wear the masks kind of thing you know it's just like <laughs> i think that's a clear thing that it's like right but you you do want to follow the road laws, yes. Well, yeah, because I don't want a car crash. Sorry for the accent. So sorry. My wife will <laughs> hate me. My wife will literally despise me. Here. What a what a great representation of 100% <laughs> so of real sorry. American people, Brandon. Well, do you know what? 
everyone in my family, <laughs> the English accents like, chip, chip, cheerio, what, what? <laughs> you know, At jolly, least I have enough jolly. nuance to only do a Christopher Walken accent. Oh, true. Oh, I should. Okay, we'll go Patrick Warburton then. Um, he's American. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, I kind of like the uh, road laws, but uh, for some reason, I... Uh, I don't like the other thing that the the govern the government has uh, implemented for my own safety. I don't know. I just uh, I have very strong views on uh, freedom, you know. So, well, if you want to be free to do whatever the hell you want, then uh, what's what's to stop you from being free to drive on the left like all sane people do? <laughs> you sound like Al Pacino as well. <laughs> what am I doing? I'm walking here. But it yeah, needs more I, cowbell. I got what? a fever, and there's only one prescription. Okay, and that's more cowbell. You know, you know too much, right? Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but plus yeah. points to anyone who actually, you know, got got the reference and wasn't just like, what? Why is he doing a really bad Christopher Walken impression? Was ding, ding, was ding. that Al Pacino? Same as you know. Hmm, uh, yeah, completely. I mean, was it? I think I realized the idea. When I was listening to my Kronk voice, I sounded also like, oh, who does that sound like? Hey, whoa. Oh, <laughs> I started to sound like um, Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah. Don't leave me, Murph. All right. <laughs> All Make right. him stay, Murph. <laughs> okay, what do we have here? All right. All right, yeah. I don't know if I can do it as well. I've never actually practiced the voice. Anyway, we're going on a massive tangent. <clears throat> That's something we often do. So, yeah, I think it's just definitely um, looking and challenging the idea of what freedom actually is, and particularly, um, and it's interesting how Christoph looks at how utter determinism is like, yeah, that's that's freedom, but actually particularly if we link that to God as well. we A lot of us want God to take over the reins, and there's definitely times that he intervenes. But think about it. If if God was really, like, sorry, I've just gone on full apologistic kind of um, perspective here. But, like, if God really I'm was... I'm sorry you feel that way. <laughs> <laughs> had, to, had to say it. Um, but if God definitely approached the, the world like how Christoph approaches Truman, um, we hate it. We are, we are 100% rooting for Truman to go into a world where it is going to be more savage. <laughs> We're rooting for that because we don't want him to be under complete determinism. We, we want him to still have the choices to um, be in love with the girl that obviously has that cares for him genuinely and stuff like that. Yeah. We, we want him to learn new things and, and see real life kind of thing. And it's just like, I feel like, although some people may, may, mind you, I'm not trying to force um, ideas onto people's heads here. Um, but like, I feel like we're definitely more comfortable with the reality that God allows us to exist, to make our own choices and to realize what is right and wrong as opposed to utter determination and being mindless machines and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, which is good. And I just read 
um, part of Job, I think it's Job 10, really speaks out to me the beauty of it because the language in which Job talks to God um, is a real, it's a wrestling as like, he can, you can tell he loves God still, but he's human. But he lo- I can't quite explain the... Just go read Job 10. That's just, <laughs> just for everyone. Well, just, read the whole of Job. It's a yeah, great true, read. true, yeah. Get the context as well. But, like, legit. For me, Job 10 stood out as, like, wow. He, it's a genuine struggle, a struggle between two people who are in unity with love but Job is struggling to realize why he's suffering because he knows he's innocent. Um, it's awesome. So good. Um, anything that you really want to pinpoint on um, that you want to explore a bit further? Well, I guess um, the main thing I wanted to talk about in light of um, this kind of free will determinism discussion, um, which is by no means exhaustive, of course. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, just to relate to... I suppose the differences between Truman's uh, false reality and our reality. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we see when Truman starts to see inconsistencies in the world that he's in, he tests it. Uh, yes. He's like, okay, um, if everything is determined for me, can I break that determinism? Can I actually mm-hmm. uh, rebel against it to the point where it breaks? Yeah. And he of course, discovers that it breaks very easily because there was no accounting for his spontaneity kind of thing. Um, yeah. I, I think something that we discover in in our world is that there aren't really moments like that. Uh, when things yeah. don't go our way, the world doesn't literally break down. There are certain kind of mechanics, I suppose, mm-hmm. that are inherent to the way that the earth revolves and continues to be uh there are life lessons that we all seem to learn in the same way um there seem to be things that are just true and part and parcel of life Mm -hmm. um and i think that's an interesting one to see that like suffering is hardwired into our time on earth in a fallen world and not getting our way is a part of that and learning to yeah. grow past our fears and to challenge things that held us back mm-hmm. and to not just become slaves to it. Um, and so I suppose if you're going to look at, well, how would God interact with Truman uh, in the Truman Show? I feel like God would be the one that would be encouraging Truman to face his fear, to mm-hmm. use this fabricated reality as a way of helping Truman explore his doubts. And to arrive in a place where he now has more faith in the mechanics of the world that he is in. And, yeah, and that to me is the the beauty of a lot of the gospel and a lot of the biblical narrative. And you mentioned Job, of course, a fantastic example yeah. of what the gospel looks like to someone who is doubting. Mm-hmm. And that actually faith can be a lot more valuable because we have the ability to doubt. Yeah. than because we just blindly believe something. Truman had that blind belief in the world and he was content, but he wasn't happy deep down. Yeah, The way that he actually got that happiness was by interrogating that world he was in, uh, having those doubts, 
and then actually become uh, being able to place faith in something bigger than the world he was in, I suppose. Yeah, definitely. Take I that think... metaphor as you will, people. I'm not going to spell it out for you by saying <laughs> in today's world and <clears throat> in the modern church. and. Yeah, yeah, it's really interesting. Um, yeah. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, actually to clarify on that as well, um, that's a great point. And what Joven also does is when his friends are like, look, dude, you must have sinned. Like, you must have done something. And like like I just unplugged my earphone while passionately talking. So hold up. Okay, I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> so you must have done something wrong. And he's like, I hear you, but I didn't. Like, I, I'm going to challenge all three of you. Three? I think there's three friends. Yeah, um, yeah. And he purposely challenges them to be like, I know, and he has faith in that. And um, and I think this is what I was getting at earlier, and that is a, almost a righteous, active challenging of the reality at hand, um, which is what Truman does, and and it's admirable. Um, and I guess to extend one more point there as well, I feel your, your comment on how God would use this environment in order for Truman to find that about himself, I feel that's like spot on from what we learn about the character of God, particularly um, through scripture. And hmm. going a little further, I'm I'm extracting more so here, not, not I guess, kind of implementing a, a bit of my own idea. But I feel like the light falling from the sky would be something that would be say initiated by God, like kind hmm. of outside of of Christoph with a lowercase g kind of thing. I know that's not what yeah. the narrative is offering, but I feel like that will be more in line with who God is in terms of definitely right, you are in this reality and it sucks for you. But look, I am initiating a chain of events in order for you to realize your reality kind of thing. And yeah, I yeah. feel like that's really uh, who God is. And aside from the whole philosophical concept of who God is, and I guess to kind of just put a cherry on top, a little unrelated, but just kind of round this off, it's realizing that God isn't just a, a concept as such. It isn't just a which we quite often do. Um, and it's something, it's a shame because I studied A-level philosophy and, you know, you've, you've got to look at all aspects, but even the, the God of Christianity was just like God. And it's like what God clearly does, uh, even in Exodus, is demonstrating to Moses, I am the I am, I am Yahweh. Mm. Um, yeah, which, yeah. Well, technically, if we're going into like proper exegesis, his name isn't, is actually YHWH, but we've just translated that to Yahweh nowadays. Um, well, I mean, that's because um, if I remember correctly, mm -hmm. uh, they were told the real name of God, but they could only say it, I think it was every year of Jubilee at a special ah, okay. congregation. Yeah. And so after the Babylonian exile, they uh, couldn't remember what it was because they hadn't been able to practice that tradition. Ah, okay. Um, so the only part of God's name that they were able to keep was just those letters, uh, YHWH. Really 
So yeah. yeah, and all the other names that come from that, like Jehovah, exactly. um, Jehovah come um, from that contraction. Eli, and obviously Jesus. I think the most the clear aspect of it is Jesus was the full embodiment of the personality and person of God, um, and he really was the ultimate marriage between utter humanity and divinity um, equally in 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 him and so yeah um i think it's just kind of realizing that god isn't just a pure ideology that can be contorted and twisted and i think this is what a lot of the biblical authors are trying to kind of ground is god is person (laughs) like yeah he has characteristics he is a person which is therefore held down and which kind of hmm i'm trying to think of the words that really just kind of get at this quite efficiently i guess and and i don't ramble um i think it is i think when we look at someone else and we try and do stuff to manipulate them it's morally wrong you know you take advantage of say your partner and you're trying to manipulate them we're like that's wrong and i feel like that kind of idea we we should be thinking a bit more like that with god also and that we try and take the ideology and twist and bend it but when we're really looking at the person of god he is a person so you can't twist and manipulate him and then think that's completely morally okay yeah if you think in the yeah. same way about another person um in our real life but again that's a deep topic i think mainly what i wanted to say there was that we we do, and we should see God as more of a um, the person as opposed to the ideology. Um, so yeah, cool. Any other yeah. points? Um, I guess just to finish that, yeah, that that person of God doesn't want to trap us in a mundane existence where we, you know, never question our purpose. Mm-hmm. but that actually he wants to lead us into ultimately an adventure um of finding our way to him uh he offers that route through jesus and that actually his uh modus operandi is freeing people from self-imposed uh prisons i, I guess mm-hmm. rather than putting people into boxes um preach and that's what that's what we see uh, of god that god came to free us from this very claustrophobic world that we made for ourselves mm-hmm. um and to bring us into the fullness of life uh, both now and in the next life preach in case i don't see you good afternoon good evening good night we're now interrupt this program to bring you a scheduled series of ums and ahs from the time in the first recording of the podcast that didn't go so well, where Josh forgot what he was saying for like a solid three minutes, and it was totally hilarious, and Brandon put a beat to it. Oh, this is going to be the beginning sample. All right.
I don't want a car crash. Well, if you want to be free to do whatever the hell you want, then uh, what's what's to stop you from being free to drive on the left like all sane people do? Good morning, Vietnam! Minus the Vietnam part. Ums and ahs. Ums and ahs. Ums and ahs. Creative. In case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, good night. Bam!